There's Tom Korski for us with the uh, managing editor over at Black Locks Reporter. Hello there. Boy, busy days in your world, eh? Oh, there's no end to it, really, Alex. (laughs) No end, no complaints, because this is what we live for. But uh, get your thoughts, because you've been reporting a lot about the um, inquiry and some of the findings that you guys have been reporting on with the convoy. I think the interesting, certainly, um, you know, the OPP superintendent of uh, intelligence kind of laid it out yesterday. The the narrative that they were hearing reported by liberal MPs or the media, not what they were seeing at all, which is gets to the kind of the nub of this issue. One of many false narratives, this is uh, the mythology of foreign-funded Nazi insurrection. Uh, it is, it, it, uh, it's, it's inexplicable, really, Alex, that this myth uh, goes on. It doesn't matter who says it, whether it's the OPP, whether it's GoFundMe, whether it's Gibbs and Go. Everyone who testifies says there is simply no evidence. This was a, a mom-and-pop protest movement. Take it or leave it, but that's what it was. You're, you're looking for a monster in the woods that didn't exist. I understand the monster narrative is useful for some people, but we can only deal in the facts that we have. Yeah, it's interesting because, um, you know, you dug up a story, the, the, the testimony of Michael Keenan, who is the Deputy Transport Minister, and he, he even back on February 6th had said during this teleconference call, um, which contradicts cabinet claims that Wellington was a danger to the public, but he agreed that while the sit-in uh, was not a public safety risk, it was all about the image, you know, it was it was the symbol of spiritual source of the protest movement. I mean, I don't know what the hell that means, but nonetheless, I mean, behind the scenes, the narrative falls apart. It had nothing to do with public safety, exactly. It was all politics all the time. The problem is that they invoked the Emergencies Act, which requires an element of public safety, and there wasn't one, and you're absolutely right. Here's the Deputy Minister of Transport in a, in a teleconference. Happens to be, uh, one of the people on the call is the Chief of Police, who said, oh, Wellington Street, yeah, we got that under control, but it's an eyesore. This is the street right outside Parliament where the mm-hmm. trucks are parallel parked. It's an eyesore. It's under control. No problems says the chief of police, to which Deputy Keenan says, yeah, but it, it just it looks bad. And, you know, it's, it's, it's making the protesters happy. So this was all about performative imagery and communications. That's fascinating. What it's not is a national emergency, and that's cabinet's problem, because they said it was a national emergency. Oh, Alex, now what? Yeah. They have to, they well, have to no. justify that. Yeah, they do. And look, there's two narratives. There's the finger pointing, uh, you know, with Mayor Watson and, and, and all the city councillors who literally would have to be living under a rock or completely inept not to see the problems. And then you've got this police chief who's clearly working in an alternate universe. Um, and then you've got everything else that was going on. But then you've got guys like Marco Mendocino. Remember, he was saying not only did the police ask for this, but they, that, that Ottawa was ungovernable. They couldn't get anything done. No work was being done, despite the fact that the public sector has been working for, from home for three years with He's equipment and money that we handed Absolutely. to them. Yeah. His own department said that. We've seen the internal daily updates from the Department of Public Safety. What's happening today on the Freedom Convoy front? And they say, not just once or twice. We said it is day after day, <laughs> these daily updates from the, the big brains at the public safety department. Uh, disruption to government is minor since everyone's working from home, quote unquote. I, I don't know what Minister Medicino's talking about. He's sort of like the king of Kensington. He's got to kill <laughs> dead air, right? He likes to fill dead air with it and kind of be a, you know, a hell fellow well met and, and, and seems sort of 
resistant to being confined by the strict, narrow definitions of truth. You can't just make it up, Marco. So if you say that it made Ottawa almost ungovernable and your own department says it was minor disruption because everyone was working from home anyhow, what can the public conclude except that you're just making it up? And I think Marco's just making it up. Well, you know, it could be related to Pinocchio, and there's always a nice uh, bus warmed up ready for him to be thrown under, which ultimately, I think, um, by the end of this, he will be under that bus. Um, meanwhile, there are other stories going on, which uh, I think this is interesting. So yesterday, I think it was yesterday or the day before, um, pre- uh, Premier, uh, MPP, MP, sorry, I'll get it right at some point, Andrew Scheer had put this motion uh, forward because they wanted an investigation or, or they want to make sure that there's oversight and all auditing of the Bank of Canada, uh, three Liberals and Green MPs joined the Conservatives in voting for tighter scrutiny of the central bank, and ultimately it was defeated. Um, but, you know, the Bank of Canada has been more wrong than right, and so why wouldn't we want more oversight on this? Absolutely, and there were, as you mentioned, the, the Green MP, uh, Elizabeth May, and two Liberals, Nathaniel Erskine-Smith from Beaches, and uh, a member by the name of uh, uh, Joel Lightbound, used to be chair of the Quebec Liberal Caucus, said, yeah, let's get some scrutiny into the bank. There's a mythology, I think, going on. It's interesting about, why is is Nate, 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 he should just sit as an independent. He and Housefather are like the only ones who who tend to kind of... Oh, he he has a very unreliable liberal voting record, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Because Uh, he's the one that has the ethics, so I mean, it's a problem for them, but go on. No, there's this mythology about the Bank of Canada. I think some of it is by friends of the bank uh, or even people who are indifferent to the central bank in the face of very sharp criticism from uh, Mr. Pauly of the fact remains the Bank of Canada is a public utility. It answers to the taxpayers of Canada. And if the British royal family can put up with scrutiny, so can the lords and ladies down the street at the Bank of Canada. And all the bill said was, let's get in the auditor general and have value for money audits over at the bank. Why would that be controversial? Oh, this is populism. This is, this is dragging the chain, and everyone got upset. The governor of the Bank of Canada says, we can take it, ask sharp questions. We will take your criticism as if he had a choice. Well, unless it's you calling, because we already know the, the, there are secret oh, well, there of, of media that they will and won't talk to over at the Bank of Canada, and your name was on that list of do not let there Tom Korski ask questions. And I'm not, I'm laughing, but it's true. I mean, they have not wanted to be held to account. They have gotten things very wrong. It was not a trend. It is not transitory inflation. Um, and they underplayed all of just the, the, what we are headed into this disaster. So when a guy like Pierre Polyevis says fire him, yeah, that's a little, uh, inflamed, but they're very much, warrants, uh, questions to be raised and answered about how'd you get it so bloody wrong? And the, uh, for, for, for mom and pop, this has been raised by ex-bankers at the Senate Banking Committee. If you were an ordinary person who made life decisions based on the advice of the Bank of Canada, two years ago yeah. you were told yeah. interest rates are going to be low for a long time, so you went and locked in a variable mortgage. You, you went for a variable rate mortgage, and guess who's getting hammered now? This has been made comment, has been made by senators on the banking committee, anyone who took advice, who made household budget decisions on Tiff Macklem say so, is now going to the poorhouse. Yeah, so you yeah. better believe, buddy, you, you have some answering to do. Yeah, meanwhile, uh, 
Dr. Tam, um, she's under fire too because uh, you know she's agreed that maybe there should be a review to what you know she wrote a book about after SARS happened. But there's not a lot of love for for, for uh, Dr. Teresa Tam in public health. No, a uh, health committee uh, member, a uh, uh, parliament, Randy Hoback from Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, went in committee, and it was it was frankly an arresting moment face to face. Randy Hoback said, "I hear from my constituents; they don't trust you." They say never again will we act blindly except on faith. Uh, the utterances of the public health agency read out some of Dr. Tam's numerous incorrect and often tragically wrong tips on medical advice. My favorite was the time she said, just use a Kleenex. <laughs> and why would we possibly cancel flights from China? That's just racist. She has Wearing a lot masks to is dangerous. For. Yeah, no, yeah. accountability. This is the thing about accountability. It's It makes everyone hot and angry. They like it as a concept, but not in practice, Alex. Yeah, well, like I said, she did do a how to prepare for the next pandemic back after the SARS report, but didn't clearly bother to read that book. So do they need a review? Sure. Will it change anything? No. Uh, but I'll, nonetheless, I very much appreciate it. Hey, you have a terrific week, and we'll talk next week. Thanks, Alex. You too. That is Tom Korski, managing editor over at Blacklock's Reporter. Worth every darn penny they do deliver, and they get the goods. A lot of times, stories that you just don't hear uh, anywhere else because they find the small print on everything.